This is Retirement Paradise with Greg Gunther from the Retirement Optimization Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Greg provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals your money and your plans in perfect harmony. And now here is Greg Gunther to help you retire in paradise. Aloha and welcome back to Retirement Paradise. This is Greg Gunther from the Retirement Optimization Group. If you'd like some more information about what you're here during our show today, please give us a call at 808-791-2924 or visit us online at therogroup.org. Now, when we think about getting ready for retirement, a lot comes into play. Am I the right age? Do I have enough money saved? Is my 401k or IRA robust enough? Where am I gonna live? I'm sure many of you listening right now who are close to retirement ask yourselves these questions every day. But here's another just as important question I'd urge you to ask yourself. What do I need to be happy during retirement? So during today's episode, we're gonna take a closer look at some of the lesser discussed elements that are, in my opinion, absolutely essential to a happy and fulfilling retirement. Before we jump into today's topic, let me introduce my co-host, Tony Shore, who contributes to my happiness in many ways, including the fact that I beat him every year in fantasy football. (laughs) (laughs) Aloha, Greg Gunther. (laughs) Or should I say, uh, what is it? Aoya? Is that is that how you say there you have it in Hawaiian? Um, Aoya? Hey, I don't, I don't know. You got me on that one. <laughs> All right. I, well, I, I, Ole I'll, Pilikia, that's uh, no problem. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, Greg, I tell you what, uh, yeah, uh, I am actually, in all honesty, doing pretty well in fantasy football this year because I have uh, Patrick uh, Mahomes and... Last week he scored, there's like 41, they scored 41 points. And so a lot of touchdowns, which is handy. But uh, I'm excited about our topic today. How do you have a happy retirement? We're talking about happiness in retirement. And, you know, you have to devise a strategy to not only uh, for your finances, but how to use that money for happiness. What do you have for us on this one? Well, a uh, Kiplinger article titled Seven Surprisingly Valuable Assets for a Happy Retirement really nicely articulates many of the things I bring up to my clients. And the first note of uh, something I think is really important You don't have to be super wealthy to enjoy a truly rewarding retirement. A solid financial strategy and the discipline to live within the parameters of of that strategy is really all you need. There's even data to support that notion. The article points to a Purdue University study that found life satisfaction tops out at an annual salary of about 95,000. While any good financial services professional will tell you it's essential to have a strategy that seeks to prevent you from outliving your money or facing disaster because of medical expenses is very important, but it's just as important to develop habits that make you happy. Right. So habits for happiness, right? I like that. (laughs) Yeah. So what is the first happiness habit you want to talk about today? 
Well, according to this study referenced in the article, more retirees say good health is the thing that's most important to them. Makes sense, right? After decades of hard work and prudent savings, you want to be able to enjoy your retirement. And here's the deal. It's never too late to improve your health. People who become physically active, uh, careful with their diet, even later in life, exhibit significantly lower risk for things like heart disease, the number one killer. And they also have a reduced death rate compared to their peers. The Centers for, for Disease Control and Prevention suggests 150 to 300 minutes of moderately intense physical exercise every week. Wait a minute. Per week? 300 minutes per week? 300 minutes per week. So yeah. what's See, I'm, I'm more on the uh, 300 minutes per month schedule. Of, <laughs> no, yeah, that's two, two and a half to five hours a week. Sure. An extra walk around the pizza buffet, I guess. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. That is true, though. You need to stay healthy, right? And if there was ever a good reason to take a long morning walk or get out there and walk the dog a little more, Uh, Staying healthy is key for a happy retirement. I think you're point on, right? Yep. A brisk stroll is a terrific option. Um, Even if you walk on the beach, don't walk uh, on the hard sand. Walk on the soft sand. That really works your legs out um, a lot more. Yeah, I've heard that. I've actually heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Your your legs get tired uh, pretty quick. Yeah, Uh, they do. I have a client that walks um, five miles every day. So on the beach, though, no, no, she lives in Waikiki. I was so going to say that's a <laughs> walking five miles on soft sand on the beach. That would be a lot. She she yeah. goes around the malls and uh, yeah, on the concrete, oh, yeah. but sure. But they say at least seventy five hundred steps a day can provide an array of physical and mental benefits. You know, walking regularly is also shown to lower blood pressure, slash the risk of dementia, and the article also explains that walking has been shown to also improve longevity and creativity. Ah. Wow. Well, what's the next habit that can help us make retirement happier? Well, the next potential critical habit is to maintain strong social connections. As I'm sure many of our listeners are already keenly aware, social isolation during retirement is potentially very harmful to both your physical and mental health. In fact, the article highlights that social isolation has been linked to increased rates of heart disease and stroke and higher rates of dementia and more instances of anxiety and depression. Oh, wow. That's really helpful. So not only physical health, but mental health as well. That's really good. And, uh, you know, obviously getting out is important. I I like the thought. I think a lot of people think, oh, in retirement, I'm going to kick back and read a lot of books or watch a lot of TV. But there's nothing wrong with that as long as you spend an equal amount of time, you know, doing things with the grandkids or spending it with friends or volunteering. So you stay socially active as well is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you have a lot of friends that are work friends and you're in this, you know, group every day of your life and all of a sudden you retire and you just kind of isolate yourself, that that can be very depressing. And I'm glad that you brought up volunteering because... I've had clients um, who talk happily and excitedly about their volunteering activities all the time, you know, during our appointments and check-ins. And during my career, I've been struck again and again by just how much joy many of them get uh, from volunteering, whether it's uh, time at a food bank, an animal shelter, even a charity fun run or grandkids' elementary schools. There's just so many great ways that you can volunteer your time and, and, and feel rewarded. Yeah, volunteering is good. I know a lot of people like to Uh, volunteer with charities. And you mentioned animal shelter. I know there's a lot of dog rescues and animal rescues around here that are looking for volunteers. And a lot of people like volunteering at their church as well. 
And, you know, obviously we're a financial show. So tell us, Greg, how, at least in your experience, these healthy retirement habits like exercising, eating well, and socializing, how can they actually be a part of your financial strategy? How does that tie together? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, at my firm, we we start by walking clients through you know income strategies, um, yield options, what to do with your four hundred one k IRAs, how we can produce income, grow your portfolio, all that stuff. And that's what we're good at, and that's what I'm passionate about. But I encourage my clients to think about their financial strategies as broadly as possible. Um, for example, the longer you maintain good health, the better your chances of maintaining enough cash and other assets to provide you with the freedom and flexibility to maintain your your lifestyle. So clearly healthy habits are part of a solid financial strategy. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It does tie in. So we should probably let the listeners know how they can get a hold of you because I know as a financial services professional, you offer advice on how they can have a happy retirement by having a financial plan in place so they don't have to worry about that so they can focus on things like getting out and taking walks and socializing. Right. And we um, also do client appreciation events, Tony, as you know, um, to create social environments for for clients and retirees. So that's a good way um, for people to rub elbows, get to know each other. Um, we're doing a sunset cruise next month. Um, we're taking about 40 clients out to do a sunset dinner and cocktail cruise. Well, it's not really dinner, but snacks, you know, but that should be fun. Um, if you have any questions on what you heard during the show today, uh, give us a call at 808-791-2924. I'm happy to talk with all our listeners. All right. That sounds great. Well, we're talking about, you know, good health and avoiding social isolation. And those are two key habits that can make our retirement more enjoyable. What's another positive habit that we should adopt? Well, the next habit from the Kiplinger article is finding your purpose. Now, on the one hand, some of you might think that you had a purpose during your long career and retirement is all about not having a purpose and just going where the wind takes you. But on the other hand, having a purpose can provide you with a very real physical and emotional uh, reward. Earlier in the show, we noted how volunteering is a great way to avoid social isolation, but volunteering is also a way to find purpose. The article references a study that found retirees were three times more likely to say helping people in need brings them more joy in retirement than spending money on themselves. So just as importantly, those who volunteered or donated money to important causes indicated they felt a larger sense of purpose, improved self-esteem, and were generally happier and healthier. And a quick Google search will likely provide you with a very long list of outstanding charity and nonprofit organizations right in your own community that would love to have someone just like you give give up some of your time. Uh, the website volunteermarch.org also allows you to search for volunteer opportunities by city and categories like animals, arts, um, health, literacy, and much, much more. Uh, one more time, that's volunteermarch.org. All right. Well, that's good. It sounds like a great resource for our listeners out there. And, you know, I know from my own experience that talented and dedicated volunteers are absolutely essential for nonprofits, charities, churches, things like that. Uh, so I'm glad you brought that up. What do you have for us next? Well, becoming a lifelong learner 
is another healthy habit that may help you enjoy a longer and more rewarding retirement. According to the article, many experts are convinced that continuing education and a commitment to learning new things is a powerful way to keep yourself mentally sharp. As has been shown time and time again, and article after article, your brain needs as much exercise as the rest of your body. Kiplinger references the following quote from a Harvard Medical School newsletter. Challenging your brain with mental exercise is believed to activate processes that help maintain individual brain cells and stimulate communication among them. All right. Wow. That's really good. Is staying active mentally anything that can slow or stop Alzheimer's and dementia, those types of things. Keeping your mind sharp, especially in retirement, is key. And that's neat. Crossword puzzles, things like that. I'm sure reading and learning, those types of things are are really good. Um, I'm intrigued by the quote as well. That's good. What are some simple ways you know of to exercise the brain? It's that old um, adage, use it or lose it, right? If you don't use it, you're going to lose it. So it could be simple as the crossword puzzles you mentioned. Um, One study determined people with dementia who did a daily crossword puzzle slowed the onset of the memory decline by a little more than two and a half years. If crossword puzzles aren't your thing, you've got a variety of options. Uh, Focus on finding an activity that you'll enjoy and that's relatively new to you so that you'll have to exercise your mind in order to get the hang of it. Uh, Senior centers, local colleges, and your school district's uh, community education department are often great resources for finding classes and activities. Wow, okay, that's good. I also know that uh, the National Institute on Aging's website does provide a list of activities that provides retirees with learning opportunities. And learning is another thing I know a lot of people like to do in retirement, like pick up, a, learn a new uh, trade or hobby. Yeah, oh, that's, that's that's a good resource too. Yeah, people can find these things um, online if it interests you. Um, let the Google let the Google thing do its uh, find it for you. <laughs> another happy uh, thing, Tony, is being an optimist. Okay, being an optimist in retirement can help fuel a happy retirement. Kiplinger notes that an optimistic attitude has been shown to lower your odds of developing cardiovascular disease and other chronic illnesses. The article also points to a National Academy of Sciences study that found that optimistic people live longer. In fact, optimistic women had a 50% higher chance of making it to 85 and optimistic men had a 70% chance of hitting that that milestone. So it's wow. part of that mind power. You know, if you feel and know you're going to live to be 85 or 90, mm-hmm. does you got a much higher chance of actually doing it. Well, I'm optimistic that I'm going to live forever. So there you have it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I don't think that's something you can develop, is it? I mean, either you're an optimist or you're not, right? Well, you you can train yourself to be more optimistic. I mean, Kiplinger explains that multiple studies have shown people can develop more optimistic mindset with simple exercises like reframing a situation in a more positive way. So as you begin to do that more and more, you slowly rewire your brain to become more optimistic. I see. Uh, So I stand corrected. I'm definitely going to try that reframing trick as well, although... I'm a fairly optimistic individual as it is. Yeah, and I think it's good to always catch yourself when you're being pessimistic and say, wait a minute, yeah. you know, how bad is yep. it really? What is the worst thing that, you know, that 90% of worries never happen? Only 10% oh, yeah. of them actually come true. 
Yeah, the 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 old I saw a bumper sticker the other day. Why worry? Yeah, it's right? a it's a waste of energy. It's a negative thing. Be optimistic, and and similar yep. to optimism, being grateful is another powerful habit that may make your life overall happier. Uh, a study highlighted in the article notes that people who took time to acknowledge their blessings had a more positive outlook on life in general. Um, they reported fewer health problems and were more likely to help others. Wow. Well, that's that's really important as well. And I think having that good outlook is great. Optimism and gratitude do go hand in hand. I like that. Yeah. And to be um, grateful, but we're approaching Thanksgiving, you know, next month. So time to be thankful for, for your blessings. Now, here's the next healthy uh, tip that I love. Uh, get a pet. Science shows that a loyal pup provides some very real healthy benefits to the human body. Um, older people who walk their dog... Um, once a day, get a 20% more uh, activity than people that don't have a dog. So you, you know, the dog motivates you to get out there and walk. So that's a real good one. Um, research has also shown that dogs may help ease suffering from cognitive decline. And, you know, they make you happy. It boosts your, it helps boost your longevity. If you're not in a position to have a dog, um, caps, cats and birds are lower maintenance options, but also provide some companionship and potential health benefits. Wow. Yeah, this is a big one for me. I love animals. My family loves pets. We have a a dog and it helps us because we have to go out and walk. Uh, Our dog keeps us active, number one. And uh, pets really do add that. um, It is actually socialization. Uh, Even if it's with a pet, I know that's helpful, keeps people positive. And, uh, you know, having that responsibility helps you as well. it's It's a goal. It's a purpose. It gives you purpose. So I think that's great. And remind people how healthy personal habits relate to their financial strategy once again. Right. Yeah, we are a financial show. So again, the goal of a financial strategy is to utilize your assets in a way that helps you enjoy the kind of retirement you really want. I mean, money isn't everything, but money can enhance happiness. You know, you want to be able to afford to do the things that you want to do. And for many people, a financial strategy contains a limited amount of assets because most people aren't independently wealthy. It's just having enough to do the things that you want. So emphasize your physical and mental health as much as possible and it may improve your chances of not outliving your assets. Yeah, I like that. And, <clears throat> you know, we've been talking about some of these healthy habits that uh, may make retirement more enjoyable and rewarding. So what do you have for us now as we head toward the finish line of today's show? Well, let's move forward with our retirement theme, but next focus on some of its more nuts and bolts financial components. A U.S. News and World Report article titled 10 Retirement Rites of Passage has some valuable insights. Uh, The first rite of passage, the article notes, is meeting your personal retirement savings goal. As any financial service professional will tell you, this rite of passage is really a big deal because of provides you with great options. This level of financial confidence means you can now leave your job whenever you want. Or if not that, to maybe um, repurpose part-time or maybe make a flexible work situation. Basically, meeting this goal means you can now call your own shots. Wow. Okay. Uh, That's really interesting. And I think that's important. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have had a dollar amount in mind for what they want to have saved by the time they retire. So hitting that number, having that goal is going to be a great moment. 
Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a stress relief. You know, you did it. Uh, here's another great moment. Telling your boss you're retiring. And no, this doesn't apply, you know, that you dislike your boss and you can't wait to get them out of your life. It's merely one of those moments that tells you and the people in your professional orbit that it's finally happening. You're retiring. You're doing it. And in some cases, you may be able to help your boss find your replacement, which is another good uh, feeling for any professional. Yeah. And don't forget about the free cake on your last day of work, right? I mean, free cake. <laughs> That's right. Or pizza party. Yeah. <laughs> um, Either way. And another huge milestone, of course, is qualified retirement age. That's when you can now... Uh, take penalty-free withdrawals from your retirement accounts. This is the moment when after three or four decades of savings, you can finally get your hands on that cash. And that's 59 and a half. You're no longer subject to that 10% early withdrawal penalty. If you have to take money, you know, add this out of your IRAs, 401ks, and things like that. Additionally, those who are at least 55 have the ability to take withdrawals out of their 401k or, or TSPs without getting slapped with a penalty. Uh, one note here, though, income taxes will be due on each withdrawals, depending on what your tax tax bracket is, but you do avoid that penalty. Ah, okay. Well, that's, yeah, you definitely want to avoid that. And uh, the phrase early withdrawal penalty is one that comes up fairly often on the show, actually, and it gives me the willies every time. Uh, the willies and the heebie-jeebies the same thing, Tony? <laughs> I don't know. I know a lot, but uh, I don't know if my knowledge of American slang uh, it goes that far, but I think they mean the same. The heebie-jeebies. I haven't heard that. How old are you? I haven't heard that phrase in a long time. No, I dated myself on that one. <laughs> um, and along the same lines as no longer being subject to those early withdrawal penalties, taking your first required minimum distribution is another milestone in retirement. And that's 72. You're required to take withdrawals from these pre-tax accounts every year. Again, income taxes will be required for each of these distributions. And if you miss your RMD, your required minimum, it's a whopping 50% of the shortfall is the penalty. Um, so that's a big one. Now, there's other elements to your RMDs, uh, sequence risk, making sure you're, you're not liquidating shares at inopportune times that we could make a whole show on RMDs, which we probably should, Tony. Uh, but bottom line is you should have a plan for your RMDs. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you need to have a plan. I mean, it should be part of an overall financial and retirement plan. And they, the listeners need to be working with somebody like yourself, right? I mean, that's huge. And I'm guessing that one of the next major milestones of retirement is social security. Right. Yep. No uh, retirement article will be complete without mentioning Social Security. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, uh, you begin paying into it as soon as you get your first job. Right. And decades of work, getting that money now coming back to you feels very rewarding. Now, the longer you wait to collect, the more rewarding that milestone can be. You can collect at 62, but you get a permanent reduction. Your benefit's going to be smaller than if you took it at full retirement age, which is going to be between 66 and 67. Uh, but you also wait until you're 70 and then you get uh, delayed retirement credits and it's 130% of your benefit. Yeah, well, and there you go. And that's huge. Obviously, you want to maximize it. I know you have a Social Security maximization report that you can run for folks. So if they want to call uh, after the show and get a copy of that, uh, get that run for them. I think that's good. And, and there are a lot of other retirement milestones out there we could talk about like Medicare. So uh, to me, the biggest takeaway from this final segment is that if you aren't already, you got to work with a financial advisor <laughs> like yourself 
who can tell you more about each milestone and what they will mean for you personally, right? Yeah, it's more than just, you know, sophisticated portfolios, making sure your income lasts, but the intangibles, like having somebody in your corner, ideas to bounce off, keep you in your lane, you know, talk you off the cliff sometimes when the market's not cooperating, all those things are invaluable. Um, And then, of course, Social Security, getting that figured out, um, adding everything in line and getting organized, having your legacy plan in place. All these things are, are very, very important. If you have any questions about these milestones or how healthy habits may help you to preserve your assets, visit our website, therogroup.org, or give us a call. Our office number is 808-791-2924. All right, sounds good. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Retirement Paradise with our host, Greg Gunther. Thank you for listening to Retirement Paradise. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Greg Gunther at the Retirement Optimization Group. Call 808-791-2924 or visit their website at therogroup.org. Greg Gunther and the Retirement Optimization Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.